0: Well, at 106, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, again on this uh, very, very rainy Friday, it is, um, uh, well, it's December 16th, and this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Remember, whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you. They are. Where are you? We're here at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right. I want to get to, um, and again, folks, we have a lot of news to get to in this final hour. There's also, uh, there was a, a search for a missing man in East Greenwich. If you'd like to see some of the video of that, we have that up on Facebook. And then we have some of that up on the uh, website. We also, on petro.com we have the latest episode. Episode five of Cranston PD Live, uh, where we uh yours truly, Juan is out with the Cranston Police, and uh and it's terrific. And it's you you get an um up close of everything that they go through. And it is not easy, folks. They are our urban soldiers. Uh we have to support the police. We're very fortunate in face that that um we're very fortunate our part of the country, whether it's Winsaka Police. I dealt with the Cumberland Police on that very tragic uh, double murder-suicide that was back in the very beginning of the summer. Uh, but we're very fortunate that we have some, some, uh, some very good police departments in our area. And it's not easy what they deal with. And several things about that. There's also, it is, it is nonstop of how much our local police have to deal with the uh, amount of individuals that are dealing with drug addiction, depression, thoughts of suicide. It's really terrible um, just how much they have to deal with that. So, on and all the time. And if you're in... If you're in law enforcement or first responder, for that matter, um, they know. I, I don't think people fully understand just how much they, they have to deal with that. And and it's so prevalent. And as the officer was telling us yesterday about, like, Narcan and how much that has become. And, you know, they, they discover people that if you didn't have Narcan... My God, these people would absolutely be just dropping like flies. I mean, it's just so sad with this whole fentanyl. And I agree, you know, the the border is definitely without question. Um, it's, it's It's a total mess, and a lot of that comes over. I'm also just looking at some other things here. The Daily Mail has revealed the tiny shack that's running... President Trump's $99 trading card sweepstakes. That's interesting. He's decided to roll that out working, um, I mean, for, the, for Christmas. Massachusetts fugitive is found working on Guatemala shrimp farm under an alias after 31 years. Boy, I didn't see that going. Jill Biden and the president's family fully support his 2024 run. He's running. They like being in the White House. I know, who wouldn't? But they really enjoy uh, Air Force One and so forth. Now, what's this? Boston parents protest for face mask mandate to return in the schools. Um, that's, uh, I'm going to find uh, another story on that. But I just want to see the, what's the latest on the, wow, Atlanta Antifa Goon screams as she's arrested for terror plot against Planned Police Academy. You know, President Trump was never wrong when he talked about uh, just how much of a problem Antifa is. Brittany Griner speaks out for the first time since her release. All right, that I want to hear. I just want to hear what she has to say. So, but the thing I want to look into is what's the latest with that Twitch? The Ellen um, DJ that took his own life. Oh, okay, that's the problem. There's two Ts in Brittany. Alright, I believe she is speaking out. That's what I'm being told. Okay. We're gonna hear her voice. Okay, this is her. Brittany Griner's happy to be released footage from the plane. Oh, we'd already heard that. Alright, maybe we're not gonna do this. <laughs> I think actually I'm gonna pass on that. Let me just see what the latest then is on this Twitch, because it's um Stephen Twitch boss death. I I know, but like they were all saying, well you know maybe some people aren't happy, but they were they were definitely. Um, there were definitely some warning signs. I mean, when the guy left home and checked himself into that pretty inexpensive motel, I, I think that's... Wasn't that a warning sign right there? Now, we haven't heard yet, and I'm waiting to see whether if TMZ or Daily Mail comes out with it, but, like, what... What led to... He, on Monday, left them and then went checked into that motel. Some other news on this Friday. The QAnon follower, who led the members of the mob that chased the Capitol Police officer, Eugene Goodman, January 6th, has been sentenced to five years hard time in prison. The anniversary that is coming up, by the way, the two-year anniversary on that. Um... Let me just see if anyone has any other update. I, I think that's, like people say people never know what they're going through. Right. But then there's some other questions that come into play. What other questions come into play? Well, where did he get the gun? Where did he get the gun? And, and what led up to him checking into the motel on the Monday because then they think he may have taken his own life that that day. All right, let's get with some sound. Biden administration anticipates the spike as the Trump area policy allowing officials turn them away on COVID is set to expire next week. So this is GMA, and they have the piece. Let's hear it.
1: As the flow of migrants continues to surge, local governments are being pushed to the limit. Matt Rivers is on the scene. Good morning, Matt.
2: Good morning, George. Uh, Overnight, Border Patrol finally managing to process the hundreds of migrants that have been waiting here behind me to try and gain entry to the United States, but officials say this lull might not last. Unprecedented scenes in El Paso, some 2,500 crossings per day could be a preview of what's to come. The Trump-era policy allowing officials to turn away migrants based on COVID health orders Could expire. It'll go up to about five thousand. You look at five
3: thousand. That's one hundred and fifty thousand coming through in, in a single month.
2: DHS is trying to meet the need with more temporary housing, money, and doubling transportation options to take migrants to less crowded border facilities. Something they call quote decompression. El Paso officials say that's not enough. If they're talking about more flights, more decompression, I think it needs to come with some policy changes.
1: I don't think we can decompress along the border if the entire border is going to see this surge.
2: Border holding facilities are already at or beyond capacity, and that's forced the release of hundreds every day into El Paso. Local charities trying to help people like Albert and his... Paula, from Ecuador, giving him clothes and blankets to cope with freezing temperatures. Que todo el mundo está a la en este it seems like everyone's arriving here right now. ¿Por qué? Everyone has the same reason. They're coming here to work and find the American dream. And the Biden administration saying that they will release more details into their plan to deal with this expected surge in migration early next week. George,
0: okay, Matt? Oh, Thanks. yeah. We can't wait for their, And we can't wait for that to happen. In an to push back against to winter surge of flu, White House urging people to get COVID flu vaccines. Now, you can get those at Med Urgent Care. There's also the story right now. Idaho police are reviewing 22,000 car records to find vehicles of interest in the killing of the college students. I have a feeling this this is the FBI the that is of of doing this. Let's morning, George. It. Police
1: studying a new clue this morning as they continue to search for a car they believe could be key to this investigation. This morning, as students at the University of Idaho head home for winter break, the killer of four of their classmates still
4: on the loose. Through our tips, through our leads, some of the evidence that came in, we start to identify patterns.
1: Police now revealing they're going through 22,000 cars that match the search criteria of the one they're looking for, a 2011 to 2013 white Hyundai Elantra, like this. The car resembling this grainy image they're now investigating, captured on a gas station security cam, taken around 345 the morning of the murders. Employees at that gas station telling ABC News they told investigators the car took this route, heading in the direction of the victim's home. But they don't know where it went once it left the camera's view. Officers believe the occupants of the Elantra they're searching for have information critical to the investigation Ooh. and are pleading to the public for
4: help. If we get the word out there, hey, maybe your neighbor has one in the garage that they don't White ride Elantra. very often. Maybe, um... That there's one that's just not on the registration database let us know the parents of kaylee Gonzalez telling arcana
1: whitworth they also worry critical video could be overlooked and disappear i ask the community if you know you have a tape if you know that there's a recycle time and it's getting close to that Take the extra step. Go in there, look for it, pull it off. I mean, we would appreciate it. The family searching for clues. They have questions about the behavior of Kaylee's dog that was found in the home. But police say there was no indication the animal had entered the crime scene.
4: If he was locked in a room, I would guess that
1: he would bark and claw and whine. Two of the roommates surviving unscathed. Christy Gonsalves empathizing with them.
3: They're victims as well, and, and I'm sure they're they're terrified.
1: Now, as campus quiets for the holidays, Kaylee's parents demanding answers. I mean, who can do something like this? Where are you? Who are you? More than a month into the investigation, and police have yet to identify suspect, a Moscow police chief insisting that they do have a lot more information that they have not made public, concerned it could compromise their investigation.
2: Right. Okay, Molly. thanks very much. we in our former FBI agent, agent, Brad Garrett. Brad, let's oh. start out with this
4: white Hyundai. They're saying that those inside could have critical information of the case. So look at it this way, George. When you profile a neighborhood after a, a murder like this, you look for things that typically are not there. In other words, neighbors' cars, you eliminate those. This white car apparently plays into two possibilities. One, it's the bad guy's car. Obviously, you want to find that. And the second Secondary is they might be witnesses of something, seeing somebody come in or out of the victim's house. And they need to locate and ID the person. So this could be a big find or maybe a medium find. Police are also
1: re-interviewing witnesses. What does that tell you?
4: So, George, when you interview people initially, and many times it's a patrol officer a detective or agent that are not directly involved in the investigation. I've done this. Hundreds of times I go back to re interview people because I have new information. I may have pictures, I may have names. So you can put it more in context and maybe perhaps get additional leads. And what do you mean from this news from one of the parents saying that his daughter's death didn't match her friends? So I'm going to assume that means that perhaps she was injured more than the others. That can mean possibly two things one, she was the target, or two, she. Happened to wake up and she fought the per- the attacker and he obviously then picked up his aggression because of her actions Surprising investigation is taking this long No, this is one of those cases that once, George, you eliminate sort of the inner circle, assuming they have done that, in other words, friends, associates, then when you get outside that circle, it becomes very difficult to figure out who actually did this and what was their relationship, if any, with these kids. It may be very small. If that's the case, they're going to have to keep chipping away at leads like this white car. Brad Garrett. Good
0: morning, George. What a uh, fascinating case, folks. Quiet. What a fascinating case, this Idaho case. Well, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. can always listen online at our website, depietro.com. It is um, – I am contemplating going out there. I am. It is uh, – Alright, so there's 22,000 Boy, there was a lot there That Brad Garrett is fantastic I've, interviewed, I've worked with him before On some stories Imagine right now They're trying to piece this together And once they get outside of the circle Friends and family That may know the different Individuals um, Then what are we talking about? Right? Then, then who is this? Maybe you've been paying attention to the Idaho case, and maybe you have not, but you had four college students. There were six living in a home. Now, six in the home two of them um were were unharmed, but they they believed that maybe that they didn't know. That they were, in fact, in the house. So it's Moscow, Idaho, which is right near the University of Idaho. And so, but four of them were found stabbed to death, which is so, when like, just as you think about it, that that is not, you know, could one person do that just out of nowhere? Four college students are stabbed to death in their home. They live off campus in Moscow, Idaho. So someone got into the residence where they were, I believe it was a Saturday night. It was like three in the morning. There was the dog. Story is just so... Where is uh Moscow is I think I just pulled it up on a map and it's it's kind of in the middle of the middle of the state. I've never been to Idaho. I've never been to Idaho. Idaho, a lot of people know or are intrigued by that area because of the show Yellowstone. So Idaho is right next to Montana. Uh, Montana is north of Idaho, east of Idaho is Wyoming, south is Utah, south is Nevada, west is Oregon, and then the state of Washington. So Boise, Idaho is, um, I think more people would be familiar with it, and then Bozeman, but it's... um, It is, I I don't, boy, it's a tough one. I think, uh, obviously, there's something with that yellow vehicle, the Elantra. So there's somebody out there with with that white Elantra. Now, they say they, they believe that they may have, you know, information. But I thought Brad Garrett was was good about the um that of how you know they're 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 re-interviewing people they're going through everything and then whether or not it was in fact if if it wasn't anyone they know well now it really comes out to i had mentioned that this almost sounds like uh, in cold blood which was that, that was published in 1966, Truman Capote. It details the 1959 murders for members of the Clutter family, small farming community of Kansas. Capote learned of the quadruple murder before the killers were captured. And he traveled to Kansas to write about the crime. He was accompanied by his childhood friend, fellow author Harper Lee. Interviewed residents, investigators signed to the case, took thousands of pages of notes. And the killers, Richard Hickok and Perry Smith, arrested six weeks after the murder, later executed in Kansas. Spent six years working on the book. It's a huge hit. Um, Instant success, second best selling true crime book in history behind Helter Skelter about the Charles Manson murders. Some critics consider Capote's work the original nonfiction novel, while others have already explored the genre. Uh, Cold Blood's been eloquent prose, blah, blah, blah. Um, Their complex relationship after the murders. So they're employed 18 farmhands, and suddenly two ex-cons paroled, robbed, and murdered them in the early morning hours in 1959. A former cellmate, Floyd Wells, that's right, had worked for him and told them they kept a large amount of cash in a safe. He soon hatched the idea to steal the safe and start a new life in Mexico. Described the plan as a cinch, the perfect score. And he contacted Perry Smith about committing the robbery with him. I think Robert Blake played him in the film In fact, he had no safe and transacted essentially all of his business by check. After driving more than 400 miles across the state of Kansas, they arrived, located the home, entered through an unlocked door while the family slept. Upon arousing and discovering there was no safe, they bound and gagged the family, kept searching for money found little of value still determined to leave no witnesses they debated what to do smith unstable prone to violence slit the father's throat shot him. Oh, all right i don't want to get into it too much they left with less than 50 dollars in cash but i i there's something odd about this uh, obviously about the idaho thing and um I find myself searching for information about it. about, and, and it's tough to find constant information about it. I liked when uh, folks remember CNBC and Geraldo. He used to every well weeknights he'd do the Simpson case. <laughs> I find myself it's tough. Now I actually I should maybe tune in and see if there's more coverage with like one of the Idaho TV stations. But it's not easy to find info on this uh, on this particular story, that's for sure. All right, folks. Well, good afternoon. We're going to talk with John Francis coming up. I, I think it's um, absurd what they've done in Rhode Island now about this whole business of now what is, in fact, um, the whole magazine level. And you have until Sunday. And most people that I know are holding on to them. I mean, this is crazy because if you hand them over and then it... Eventually is legal again. They don't give you your money back. So I. Most people will see what John Francis says. He has a good pulse. Of as they say the. The two way community. Folks good afternoon. On this uh, wet and rainy. Although right now it seems as if. No it's still raining. But just not as much. As it was. Um, It's drizzling right now. But more rain. It's going to be like this throughout the, uh, throughout the night. This portion of the program is brought to you by Limitless Outdoors RI. Folks, call them today. Limitless Outdoors, 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. So what do they do? Let's think about your home. Now, right now, it's Friday. It is, uh, well, as, as we look at the calendar, Right. A week from tomorrow is Christmas Eve. So it's Friday, December 16th. But my question, you know, why not start to explore maybe having an outdoor patio or improving your patio or they really did a fantastic job with a walkway that I have. They do steps. How about an outdoor kitchen? Now, I know someone's saying, Juan, it's raining. Well, you know, it's not always raining out. And a lot of people are saying I'm going to fully use the outside of my home. Well, Limitless Outdoors can do that. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installation, excavation. They also can uh, update your indoor fireplace or kitchen. Limitless Outdoors. Get a free quote. Contact them today, 401-580-1852. What about a fire pit? How about an outdoor fireplace? More people I have found are starting to utilize their outdoor space and creating a full, separate space outside where they spend time and they cook and relax and entertain and enjoy themselves. You know can help make that happen for you? Limitless Outdoors. Whether you're in Cumberland, in Cumberland, or Lincoln, or Smithfield, wherever you can hear my voice, call Limitless Outdoors. Their slogan, I love it. Dream, build, and then enjoy 401-580-1852 for Limitless Outdoors. Well, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and ninety nine point nine FM. I want to play just another clip. I don't see that... um, I did not see that Channel 10 had posted their interview on 10 news conference with mayor Lorza. channel 12 did give them credit they put it out first the exit interview where he is very very critical of the teachers union and and there's no other i mean anyone that really knows the deal you know what's interesting to me is it's not that anyone denies they're the problem What people seem to question is whether anyone has the political power uh, to go after them and try to change it. No one denies that they're the problem. The question is whether or not they could actually, someone could change the equation. So that's what it, that I find. That it seems to come down to. Everyone seems to know. You know. What what it is that's holding it. Holding things up. The power they have. Who they could bring in. The question is. Whether or not. They're actually going to. You know. Anyone could actually. Uh, make a difference. in And challenge them. So this is on. This is on um, Channel 12. To their credit, they have the sound. And this is Mayor Alorza doing what, what they're calling an exit interview, which can be interesting. And he goes right after the teachers' union. And this also follows up on the Alorza. He had the press conference with... Ambassador Palino and Angel Tavares and incoming Mayor Smiley, and they're encouraging him to start to, I don't think it's been portrayed properly in the media either. What they're saying is, when you have a failing school, close that failing school and reopen it as a charter school. So this is Mayor Alorza.
3: Supporting the takeover or even pushing for the takeover now that you've seen how the first few years are going?
5: No, and I'll tell you why. The alternative is not much better. Our schools have been failing our kids for 40 years, oh. and doing nothing is, is simply not an option. Yes, I was and remain really critical and really disappointed that when the new governor came in, he made all the concessions yep. to the unions. Yep. It really is abandoning our kids, That's something right. that is just unforgivable. Yep. Um, and so uh, I, 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 you know, I think that our, our kids were betrayed. Do you betrayed?
0: By Governor McKee. The kids were betrayed by Governor McKee, who wanted the endorsement from the teachers union. So he basically rolled over and gave them whatever they wanted. And what was supposed to be a transformational, a transformational contract. And instead, it was the farthest thing from that. And now they've just, you know, the ultimate folks kicked the can down the road. So now he has really been nowhere to be found of late, Governor McKee. And all the focus, this situation with the Providence schools, this, if they could fix this, it could be a ripple effect because there's no way that people are happy with the the school system in, in pick a city or town, right? Whether it's Woodsocket or Pawtucket or anywhere. But the problem is the contract is too strong, can't make changes, can't get rid of bad teachers. That's a huge part of it. There's there's just too what what are they new what do they really need to do to turn things around? They need to have longer school days and they need to get rid of bad teachers. They need less schools. So I want to play just a little bit. This is Mayor Jorge Elacha talking about the problems with the teachers' union.
5: So that's fine. We know we were doing good work and that the end result was really positive for the city. And so we we left it at that. The fire department. Probably would never gave up control oh, of the public.
0: You class. supported it,
5: right? So you... Well, I didn't just yep. support it. So um, Sec- uh, Governor Raimondo and I, uh, we sat down, uh, we had lunch, Ooh, and uh, we, we were there to talk about education. Mm. She said that she had heard that our middle schools were in really bad shape. and yep. She proposed Terrible. that the state take over three or four middle schools. I told her that I was only interested in going this route. If we did the whole shebang.
0: Should have just done the three or four. The entire
5: school department. No. Because as I saw it, the problem was the contract. Yep. So the state could take over three schools, but unless the contract wasn't addressed, many of the structural changes that we need to,
0: okay, that we that's need true. to make
5: would never come about. Good point, Mayor. And so, you know, that was me bringing it to the table. You yep. gave
3: up control of the schools. Okay. You have since been pretty critical of how the state takeover is going. I think the number one issue that that you have been concerned about, of course, is the teachers' contract. Yes. Uh, So, do you regret supporting the takeover or even pushing for the takeover? There was no option. You've seen how the first few years are going.
0: There's been no
5: option. So, um, the the alternative is not much better. Right. right? Our schools have been failing our kids for forty years doing nothing is, is simply not an option. Yep. You know, as you mentioned, um, yes, I was and remain really critical and really disappointed that when the new governor came in, he made all the concessions to uh, the unions. And um, yeah, a lot, it really is abandoning our kids, yep. something that is just unforgivable. Yeah, um, he and betrayed so, them. Uh, I, 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 you know, I think that our our kids were betrayed. Wow. Uh, with that said, Whoa. You know, we've pushed this issue forward, and uh, there is a much deeper understanding in public education today that you know our schools need a radical transformation nipping around the margins and changes at the at at the edges that's not going to cut it we need a wholesale transformation of our schools and uh, um, you know that's why we propose coming in and rewriting the contract so it's a contract that works for kids now that we don't have that is no chance or no possibility of us going back to the way that things were because that doesn't solve things. Right now we have to go that next step. We need oh. to continue to push the issue. What are the options available to us to bring about that transformation for our kids? And that's why you know I stood up here with 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 two other mayors and said, look, work with the unions and uh, you know have them make the deep concessions that are necessary. And if they don't make those concessions. Well, then that's fine, but then pursue a charterization option, just a full charter uh, charter model. And the idea is not necessarily to go from one to the other um, the next day, but the idea is to let the general public know that we actually have options. Yes. The fact that our schools have been failing our kids for 40 years. Yep. Does that mean we have to resign ourselves to them failing our kids for another 40 years? No. And unless we get the changes that allow us to turn this around, well, then let's pursue the options that we have. At the beginning of the day and the end of the day, all that matters is are we delivering a high-quality education for our kids? And if the answer is no... Then the, the, we have to push, and we find out well how is it that we're going to bring that about, and that's what I've consistently done.
3: You don't think it's realistic, though, your What's proposal another? to maybe go to an all-charter district? We're going to get rid of the entire Providence Public School District, I mean, and I'm missing
0: the point. The teachers
3: will go to other districts. He didn't say that. They feel more respected. Feel and
0: more respected. Oh God! So it's not know, what he it's said. A, it's a
5: vision. What's the matter the with idea you? Is to open the public's minds oh,
0: around what is God. Possible?
5: Right. What we have today is not the only, you know, is not the only um, possible outcome. No, there, um, there, there are options available to right. us. Right. And uh, while I don't think it's realistic that from one day to the next this will happen, but if we have a conversation around, you know, turning traditional public schools into into charter schools, yeah. Well, then perhaps we can start by, you know, taking, you know, historically woefully underperforming schools one at a time and uh uh, you know let's say we start with the worst of the worst and uh, we phase out one school in one traditional school and in its place in the same building we start up a charter school that's able to start from scratch and start and start anew and the idea is to um you know, expand the range of options that we believe we have. Right. And for us to push our push our imagination as to what's possible in public education. I like it. Uh, because, you know, the reality is that the house is on fire yes. on education. Yeah. And it's been on fire for 40 years. Wow. And I hope that through my actions and actions of others that we continue to push this to the forefront. And uh, um, and this
0: is the of mayor sense, of Providence, folks. Mayor
5: Jorge Around the changes that we make oh, hey, in education. Elijah. And I don't think oh, anyone hey. can say that hey, look, I've acted with anything less than absolute urgency oh, hey. You
3: hey, look, Governor yeah. McKee earlier when you talked about the teacher's contract. Do you blame Governor McKee What's more that? than Commissioner Infante Green when it comes to how the state takeover is going?
0: Oh, my God.
5: Well, whoever it is that, like, signed or was authorized him. the signature of that contract. She signed it. Yeah.
0: Wow. So,
5: so whoever it is that signed Such or authorized
0: bull. whatever. Listen to Machado throwing that, her under the uh, bus. Um, the state had an opportunity That's a union talking point. She signed
5: it. Under which Why a, are you asking uh, if you know the governed. answer to that? And it refused wow. to take that.
0: Governor take McKee that could have choice. said, "No, you're not signing and, uh, that."
5: You know, as I've said many times, wow. it, was a, it was a backroom deal in plain sight. Wow, uh, you make concessions to the unions, yep. and. You know, teachers statewide will support you in your, ne- in your next session. Right. That's right. That's what it was. naked political play. That's right. And something that clashes fundamentally yes. with the way that I go about governing, okay. which is hey, what's God. the problem, what's the solution, okay. rather than take into account the hey, considerations.
3: Do you think you'll send your son to Providence no. Public Schools? No. Absolutely not. Wow. And it
5: hurts me to say that. Wow. You know, I was one of these, like, Home. you know, never die, like, absolutely public schools. No, Uh, my wife and I have had this conversation. Wow, it's difficult for both of us to reach that conclusion. Um, But the reality is that, um, while most teachers, in fact, like a a, a super majority of teachers out there, are awesome, they're fantastic. The chances that
3: my child or
5: any any one of our parents' child, what's
0: his son's name,
5: at some point in the thirteen years from K to twelve, the chances that they're going to have a bad so, teacher, one of those years, is very, very high. Yep. And uh, you know, you just can't. Afford About two years back to back, losing, losing a full year. What's the um, kids' And name? so, you know, um, yeah, we would no. love to have a, a public, a traditional he public school department uh, where we'd be very happy to send our kids. Um, um, but um, the reality is that you know, there are very, very few paths the within the traditional public schools. Your kid doesn't have, um, isn't in a bad situation for at least one of their years.
3: And I mean, how does that feel? You've been the mayor of this city for eight years, and you don't feel like your own child could thrive in the school system. I guess, how do you feel leaving office with that being situation?
5: Yeah, it it absolutely feels like unfinished business. And that's part of the reason why we stood here and did the press conference with the incoming mayor. You know, when I became mayor... Um, Omar, right? Maybe you know, Omar. More than anything else, what I wanted to do was turn around our public schools. Right. What I came to realize is that they don't want there him. is no mayor. No. There is no superintendent. There nope. is no principal that can turn nope. around our schools. That's right. It's not about individuals. You no. can't bring in Superman or Superwoman to no. turn around schools. The problems are structural. Yes. And unless you address those structural challenges, yep. nothing's going to fundamentally change. That's right. When I saw that, that's when I brought in the state. Yep. to make take this and they let him the down at, uh, uh, for the structural oh, hey. changes to the contract yeah. um unfortunately that baby didn't omar happen. and now we're left uh, trying to uh try to push for the other structural changes yes. that are within Good. control and are within Good. Our, our actual options to us and that's where the charter school conversation comes in wow just to
3: wrap up are you thinking for your son charter school private school well we will be applying one to, of the two to the
5: charter schools and uh, if he doesn't get oh, into hey. a charter school, hey, Lord, yeah. we'll figure out a way to send him to private schools. Wow! You know, and on this point, you know, what we want for every parent in Providence options is what every family with means options. Or Families with means, they exercise choice options. every day. Yep. They move to districts with better okay. public school departments. They send yeah. their kids to private schools. They do tutoring. They do homeschooling. There are choices and options for families with means. That's true. And that's all we want for families without yep. means as
3: well. Um, I want to ask you about your reparations program.
0: Oh, be quiet. Didn't. Well, I want to see what he says with Gino. He mm-hmm. then did an, um, that is, uh, a- I like that, the exit interview. With Providence Mayor. Jorge E. And that was with. Uh, but Channel 12. Very nice job by the Pulse of Providence. She got that. It sounds though. That he also did 10 news conference. And. Unfortunately. For me. Although obviously we could play it Monday. But um, but I did see. Gene Valicenti. He put out. On Twitter, a tweet, let me just find exactly, Gino, he tweeted out, um, news, this was too hot, what time do you need to tweet this? 11.25, Providence Mayor Jorge Enlodga won't send baby Omar to Prov Public Schools, will apply to charter and private schools, blames teachers unions for broken system, <coughs> 10 news conference Boom, Sunday. So there you go. All right, it is, what time is it, 1147. I want to see if we can locate our friend, John Francis, competition shooting supplies. Folks, holiday shopping, nothing says I love you as much as a nice gift certificate. For the firearm enthusiasts in your life from competition shooting supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Providence. Now, you may not, you know, maybe you can't. You can't, let's just say your husband, boyfriend, father, firearm enthusiast. Well, tragically in Rhode Island, you can't just go in and purchase them something. But you can get them a gift certificate. So, so there's that. A very nice Ruger Mini 14-223. Hmm. Oh, the Ruger's now spoken for. Boy, stuff that John Francis is posting on Facebook, it then just rockets and takes off. He uses it, the Facebook page, very, very, very effectively. But I also want to get his uh, thoughts on this new band. All right, let's see if we can reach him, folks. Good afternoon. It's 148. On this rainy Friday, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. See if we can uh, locate our friend John Francis. Folks, there he is joining us on the line right now. The defender of the faith at Competition Shooting Supplies. It's our friend John Francis. Good afternoon, John Francis.
6: Hi, John. How are you?
0: Well, like everybody else, I am shaking my head of what's apparently going into effect today and this weekend. Here in Rhode Island, and I'm just uh, wanted to take your pulse on what's the the feeling from uh, you and customers of competition.
6: So, um, uh, when the uh, the the afternoon and the day after that the judge denied the injunction, yep. uh, I mean I've literally gotten uh, over a hundred plus calls. Wow! From people like, what is it? What does this all mean? Right. Uh, and others like, well, what, what, what do you mean? The law has changed. You know that. So the AG was supposed to do public, uh, you know, PFAs regarding to notify the public at large about the change, but didn't bother. Uh, apparently, didn't bother posting anything until la- uh, last night. Wow! So there is a notice on his website with uh, with a frequently asked question uh, thing. So um, I I have not heard if a if a uh, the uh, the gun uh, attorney. Uh, plans on filing an appeal. I certainly hope so. Um, but I mean, I've had—I've been inundated with people today looking to dump hundreds of magazines with me, ah. and I can't take them because I don't have the room.
0: Wow. Huh. I
6: just got—I mean, I'm, I'm tripping over my own stuff as it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and John Francis, not only that, and again, folks, speak with John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies, Four Thirty Five Benefit Street, Pawtucket. Now they've already said. That if it gets reversed, if you hand over your firearm and then they reverse the law, you they don't they don't you know give you your money back and you I don't I don't think they return it.
6: So it depends on. Oh. So for those that want that choose to turn in their magazines with a, uh, a police department, either the state police or their local police, then there's two ways they can do it, according to the AG. They can do so anonymously. You should, you know, make sure sure there's no loaded ammunition in any of the mags because that is a felony charge in Rhode Island, by the way. Wow. Uh, Unless you have a license to carry, then you'd be okay. Oh. But, um, so you can drop them off anonymously, no questions asked, and they'll take them. Uh, But if the law is later found unconstitutional, you're not going to get them back because they have no idea who they got what from at that point. That's right. Now, the other choice is you can have, they will, they will, they are going, I guess they've all been told, all the police departments that is, to if people who want a receipt. So they, so you, so you can, uh, uh, you can get a receipt from the police Um, and you both in, you know, like you do an inventory with them, what's in the box, exactly what's in the box. And so this way, you know, they know what you got, you know what you got and you have a receipt for, for it. And then, uh, they've been told, they've been ordered to store them in a manner so that if the law is later to be found unconstitutional, you will, your property will be able to be returned.
0: Oh my God, what a mess.
6: So... Well, the thing is, I, I I don't think that these politicians, and with all due respect to the AG uh, and the police chiefs, I don't know what they think they've gotten themselves into here. Right. Because if, if the vast majority of people take that route where they're going to drop their stuff off with them, we're not talking just a few hundred mags. We're talking tens of thousands of them.
0: Oh, my God. They're not, And they're not set up or equipped to just deal with that type of onslaught.
6: No, of course no. they're not. And they're, yeah. where are they gonna, and they're not going to have
0: the space right. to do it.
6: Right. So who, pay, who ends up paying for that? Hmm. The
0: taxpayers do. That's right. Now, John Francis, yeah. most you tell me, most people I know, they're just going to hold on to them because it, it sure seems that down the line, this this whole situation could swing the other way.
6: Oh, it, it's not could. It will.
0: Yeah. Because okay. Because the
6: California mag ban. Yep. Uh, my guess is by by the end of February at the latest is going is going to be found unconstitutional. Wow. California handgun roster is almost in, in, in almost to the same point. Um, Oregon, which voters passed Measure One Fourteen back in November, which required uh, permitting and licensing. Uh, to you know own anything
3: hmm.
6: um, as well as you know a high capa- a high capacity magazine ban um a judge in Oregon has just put a stop to the whole thing wow and declared it, it's unconstitutional it's it's yeah. clearly clearly a violation in in lieu of the bruin decision uh, writing.
0: yeah i I advise people and I told someone this morning I would listen I would lay put it you know whether it's laying in your house or at the police station, just let it lay low. I wouldn't give it up just yet. And then just let this thing take its course. But I don't think people should be running out and just handing them over yet.
6: Uh, so as I, as I have been told, uh, the police. so for everybody listening, the police are not going to go door to door No,
0: no, absolutely They're not. No, go, so, no you
6: know,
0: not they even not close. on your
6: door. Yeah. They can't enter your house without a search warrant.
0: No. No. And then, and nor do they want to, nor are they going to. There's the, people need to get a grip here. That's not going to happen. Now, in the meantime, John Francis, one thing that people can do is stop in the competition and get a nice gift certificate for the firearm enthusiasts on their list.
6: That's absolutely right. And, uh, that's probably one of my, uh, more popular sellers at this time of the year. Good.
0: Now, what are your hours for today and also for tomorrow?
6: So today I am here um, till 10 to 6, tomorrow 9 to 4, next Friday I'm here 10 to 6, uh, Saturday Christmas Eve I will only be open 9 to 2.
0: Okay, all right, good to know. We'll talk to you next week. John Francis, you're the defender of the faith. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, John. You too. All right, folks, there it is. John Francis, Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Someone sent me an email once. What should I do? I, I'm just telling you I, that no one's coming to your door. Uh, it, listen, it, it could do one of things. You could, If you want to drive it, hand it to the police. Th- that's one thing. But if, why not just lock it up, keep it in your home, and then wait and see how this whole situation is going to play out. So before you – listen, I'm not saying ignore the law. I'm just saying instead you before you hand it over to someone, I would maybe just store it somewhere safely, lock it up. Yes. Folks, joining us on the line on this Friday is the Queen of Health. It's Marie and It's My Health. Good afternoon, Marie. Good afternoon, John. Well, it's
7: rainy miserable day.
0: It, <laughs> it is, but we are also next week is the big final week of people. Everyone that is shopping on their list, and you have a host of great items that people could pop in and get it. It's My Health.
7: We do. We have gift certificates if you don't know what to get, if you think someone might want some reflexology or some Reiki or come to a yoga class or just pick their own products. You know, gift certificates are always good, but tea drinkers in your life, we have plenty of, you know, nice soaps and lotions. Lots to choose from to make, up, to make up some
0: nice gifts. Folks, we're speaking with Marie, and it's My Health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Marie, I'm willing to bet that if someone came in and said, listen, I need some stocking stuffers, I need something for my mother-in-law, I need something for my grand whoever, son, brother. You have a number of different suggestions, unique local, local products, but also very quality type of products.
7: Oh, absolutely. We do it every single day. People come in, they're looking for little stocking stuffers or they're looking for specific gifts and we help them to put some things together. And especially if we know the person, because they might be shopping for someone who shops here, then that even uh, is is even better, because we can give them some really good ideas.
0: Folks, again, it's Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. And Marie, what about on a rainy Friday like this? What type of tea would you recommend for people that'll brighten them up and also make them feel good <laughs> and warm them up?
7: Uh, especially this time of year, yes. right? We have a, a new tea that we just got in, it's called Winter Spice. And then we also have an apple spice. We've got some chai, some really nice um, spicy chais that can be warming for for a day like today, where you just need something to, to you know something comforting. And with orange spice, apple spice, and the new winter spice.
0: Folks, again, it's Maria. At it's my health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She's the queen of health, Maria. What are your hours for today? And then what are your hours for tomorrow?
7: be here till five thirty today and tomorrow from 9 to 4
0: all right and big week ahead as we get ready for the big day and we're going to talk to you next week marie great job keep up the good work and we'll talk to you next week
7: Thank you, John. Have a great
0: weekend. All right, folks, there it is. Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland at 159. I want to thank everyone for listening. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to thank JR for yet another great week. Folks, the roads are wet. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Why not pop over there for a nice lunch or a holiday drink or a holiday meal? The Lodge, Pub and Eatery, 40 Bricknick Hill Road in Lincoln. Careful out on the roads. Everyone, enjoy your Friday. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. And then we'll be back Monday at 11. Enjoy yourselves and stay dry. You're listening to WNRI Socket.